Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Travis, and I'm joined by... Mark. Oh, you got my head. Matt. We want to help answer a uh, critical theological question this morning, and that question is, is it okay to shop at Target? Matt, take it away. I got the deals. Book, chapter, and verse. Give us the theological... Um, humdrum of Target being an okay or not okay place to shop. Well, the answer is Chip and Joanna Gaines are there. Amen. They've got Spot the Dog. Magnolia, Homes, Silos. But, but it appears that they are in the news for a couple of things, right? Who, Chip and Joanna Gaines or Target? Yes. Target. You're talking about Target. Confession, I've been to Target and have shopped there. You? I will neither confirm nor deny. Plead okay. the fifth. Okay. Thank you, Founding Fathers. We kind of have a circle of places that we shop. We're not Costco people. Are you a Costco person? Uh, I'm a, I'm, I, my mom is a Costco person who's in town. Shout out, Barb. You, 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 we went okay. to Costco yesterday. Okay, so you so you are through family, through family line. Yeah, but also my mother-in-law is an avowed Sam's okay. shopper, so I feel torn. We're Sam's, Walmart... Target, Aldi, yeah, uh, but but what's funny about living in Delano is it's it's a it's a, a food desert because there's not an actual grocery store with I don't I don't know what the parameters are but there's have to be a, a, a grocery store that supports a certain amount of the population and there's not one in Delano and so it's actually a food desert. Bronze, not a grocery store. It's a burger place that has milk and eggs as well. Um, and some other highly priced meats. So uh, we have we have, we do have Brahms, but another grocery store, Quick what, Trip. like our version of a grocery store in Delano, is Quick Trip, mm-hmm. is Brahms, and is a Dollar General. Yep, the trifecta. The trifecta, but it's tough because you go into the Dollar General, and there's always like something's always just been stolen. <laughs> this isn't funny, <laughs> but. There's like uh, always, you know, different issues that go on at, at our Dollar General anyway. And then, can I tell um, you a story of when I was in Dollar General? Yeah, I I went into the Dollar General and there was someone with like an eight inch blade just on their hip. And I don't I don't live directly in Delano. I live uh, south east. Southeast. Yep. Um, but I went in there and I was like waiting behind this guy and, and the manager had to go, sir, we need you to leave. And he's like, why? You have an eight inch knife on your, <laughs> on your belt. Like, oh, all right. And he walked out. We've never had any issues with our Dollar General, but I know that the work, I know some of the workers there and I know that they've had several issues and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a reoccurring thing. Um, so yeah, uh, putting that all to the side we thought you know what there's this is one of those weeks where we thought let's let's talk about something that we hear a lot about in the news and uh different circles and one of those things that that kind of uh crosses over into even uh faith conversation and people mm-hmm. who have belief and churchgoers and all that kind of stuff is currently like you have the um uh, LGBTQIA Plus uh, Pride Month. You have Pride Month going on in June, and 
then you like to start all of that out. There's been a lot of conversation about Target and the boycotts. You had the boycott of Bud Light over a transgender person, Dylan Mulvaney, being like on a can and kind of representing them. And so mm-hmm. then a boycott happens and the boycott's effective. I mean, that's the thing that's been in the news is like people have not been buying directly because of them putting a transgender person on. And then Target um, had a designer of some of their uh, both adult and kids clothing Mm -hmm. um, who was like, you know, had had some satanic references on their like social media. They had uh, um, just some like... uh, uh, anyways, and in their display and their merchandise, they have some that's like tilted towards transgender ideology towards youth, like yeah. towards kids, and yeah. which has started a backlash again of this of a boycott against Target. Like, don't go to Target, don't spend your money at Target because you're gonna uh, you'll be supporting like um, something that you might you know that might cross over your belief and, and, and conviction as a Christian. Yeah. So we thought, why not like actually put our thoughts and ideas and how we process when things like this happen and maybe start a conversation even like with, with other people in our church or community. Um, but be able to actually start some of that dialogue about what happens whenever we see broad culture come into our homes and and we see like hey don't support this do support this um yeah. when do we stay out how do we use our dollar do we get do we is is it something we want to get um involved in and wage war in do we need to post on our social media about it i mean there's all these like these things that that you feel like you get pulled into and so what's the line for us as christians and where do we stand right there's a lot of shades of how to interact with the culture when it comes to like our particular worldview yeah and so specifically being a more at the very least theologically conservative uh, stream of christianity um, there is something that's very significant and super important which we've discussed before which is being able to articulate your worldview right right now i'm wearing glasses you've mocked me about it because you have perfect eyesight but i love the analogy of uh, worldview as lenses that you see through Right. Every single person has, even people with with twenty twenty eyesight like Travis, uh, twenty ten. It's better than twenty twenty. Is that for real? <laughs> I don't know if that's even. Well, that's what my eye doctor said years ago. Okay, that. anyways, anyway, <laughs> uh, all of us wear lenses. My and, eyes will deteriorate and, and be useless at some point, so it does not matter. Continue. <laughs> all of us wear lenses that are our worldview. So this is the like. The inherent nature that every single one of us is religious and operates through faith in life. Um, we all have worldviews. So, so the way that we perceive the world is absolutely necessary for us to be able to recognize and articulate. Because if we have a faulty or an inconsistent worldview, then uh, we need to be able to be aware of that and adapt it according to what is true. Because ultimately Jesus is described as the way, the truth, and the life. Christianity... Um, I'm hub is I've talked about this a couple times just finished going through first second and third John one of the analogies of the gospel of Jesus of 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 God the Father is truth mm-hmm. so that should be something we are always seeking after is truth and so when we look at the look at the world through our lens we should desire truth 
Now, the distinction for us should be, do we, uh, do we use, how do we use that worldview, basically? Do we need to use it to engage in, as you were kind of alluding to, like the culture wars? Right. <clears throat> um, because we should be able to explain our reasoning behind things. If you're back right. into a corner, I mean, uh, I want to say Peter talks about it. Like, we should be able to defend our faith, but he also says to do it with compassion and, like, grace and mercy, like that type of uh, yeah. heart mentality. So really the question for us as we're trying to be disciples, the, the your phrase gathered church and then the scattered church, we want to be thoughtful, we want to be compassionate, uh, we want to be, like, we want to be coherent. But does that mean that we take our our ability to explain our worldview, how we interact with the world, and then do we start weaponizing it and using yeah. it to to boycott, to post on social media, to do those things. So that's kind of yeah. the discussion that we were we were having before. Yeah, there's a there's a filter that that some people will use. Uh, I don't I don't know who coined it, but lots of people have used it. Um, you can when it comes to culture, you're a Christian, so you are like you are you are preaching the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God is is what you're trying to build in your home, and your life, and your heart, and your mind, and your kids, and all of this. Like you're so you're trying to build the kingdom of God. Why? Because that's what God is building. Mm-hmm. He's building His kingdom. He's working and building and moving in ways not. Not just like um, uh, in the world, but he's doing it to build his kingdom. And um, so as the world then kind of even pushes back, you can ask these questions. You're living in this world. Do you reject what the world is doing? Do you receive what the world is doing? Or do you redeem what the world is doing? Um. The reject is, I want no part of it. And so it would fall in line with this idea of like boycotting things that are outwardly against maybe a a confession of faith that we have, one that we're made in the image of God, male and female, whatever. Yeah, like it it, uh, goes counter to your conviction. Right. For you to go in there would be to reject your conviction. Yeah, And and so you're rejecting. And then to receive it is to say, not only do I agree with, like going into Target and buying whatever, but like I also like am pushing it out as a good thing for the world Mm -hmm. and believe that everyone should, you know, have this. To redeem it is to not receive it and say it's a good thing. It's actually to look and say it's it's not a good thing, but God um, uses it for his good. And in some way we're seeking to glorify God with what the world has deemed evil, God has turned and made good. he has redeemed me. I was evil against him, sinful uh, and, and disobedient against God. And what he did is he did not reject me and he did not receive me. He redeemed me and he has, and he's continuing to redeem me and restore me and all of that. So I, I think when it comes down to this, because this hits home, let me, uh, for, for us on, on, for one particular reason, we are consumers of, uh, like I, Nicole, I, I, I joke with Nicole when Nicole and I sit down and look at our budget, there's a couple of things that are like, we have to be aware of how much are we eating out uh-huh. and how many little target runs do we go on? <laughs> right? So it's like a little pickup. It's so, it's I know so you, you, you know, order it. And then it's like, Hey, can you pick this up at target on your way home? So, um, so it's been one that's like, Hey, how do we, it's been a kitchen table conversation for us as we, as we um, approach and and 
uh, on one hand, we feel the tension of like, yeah, we don't want to support things or ideas or ideology that, that may be against what we personally believe and have faith in and all of that. We've built our life on that. We also don't want to, um, and, and I'm probably more on this than even Nicole is, but like, I don't want to constantly get into the game of what do I boycott and what do I not? Um, if I, if I boycott, you know, uh, you know, target or any, anything, if I boycott Bud Light or whatever, right. And I'm like, I'm standing on this boycott cause I don't believe in what they're doing. And then on the other side, I'm like, I'm wearing a shirt from Nike that like totally does the same kind of thing or is totally okay with like, uh, you know, um, slave labor basically in order to make their shoes and their clothes. Then, I mean, what am I kind of saying? Like I'm willing to research something or, or put my foot in the ground and have a conviction toward one thing. And then what I think ultimately ends up happening is the world looks at the church and just says, well, you guys are like hypocritical because you cherry pick what you want to boycott. You got to all get into it. And then the other side of it is, and this is just me being contrarian against a boycott is, I'll, I'll almost see people make a stand against something in a boycott and they treat it like they're evangelizing the world. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way they're building the kingdom of God is to say, I won't do this. Let me tell you about Jesus. And, and it's not a replacement. Like it's not, or not even uh, go to the point of, let me tell you about Jesus. It's right. just, I'm not going to do this. I have my, I have my Christian t-shirt on while I do it. Exactly. Like, let me make the post. Let me put it on my car. Let me wear it on my shirt. But, but the issue with that too is like there's no you're not actually conveying any personal conviction about who Jesus is and what he's what he's done and how he's transformed your life so so ultimately if i was to like sit down and say okay we can talk about the the positive reasons for a boycott in the situation the negative reasons and all of that so like how do i how would i approach it from a maybe a um a theological point. We just talked about salvation yesterday and salvation. We made the point is personal. And it says in Romans 10 that you um, confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. Right. And so there's this element of every single conviction that I have or decision that I make really can be boiled back into what is my conviction um, where, where does my conviction begin? It doesn't begin with some like potentially political statement. It actually goes all the way down to that first confession that I made. The, the first confession in the church was, are you are like, have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Mm-hmm. That was the basis for the building blocks of the church. And so for me personally, my faith begins at that confession and so then from there, I walk out the way in which I interact with the world. And to be honest and fair, I think that my conviction can, I think the basis of my decision to boycott or not boycott something like Target or Bud Light or whatever is not so much what political allegiance do I have? Because I don't think that's our greatest um, um, trainer. Mm-hmm. It actually should come from where does my first confession start and in what way does my conviction reflect that, that first confession? Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, so, so let me, like an example of that is 
if I choose to boycott Target and I can't trace that decision down to my salvation, then the boycott may be a political one or one that I'm just kind of like getting lost in group think with, or I think morally it's the right thing to do, but it's not actually coming from my spiritual conversion. Or if I say no to boycotting Target and and I choose to continue to consume from there and buy things and purchase things, um, and my conscience isn't, isn't seared and I'm not like, okay, this is a wrong thing to do, but it's just out of like a convenience or whatever, like that also may not come from my my first confession of, of my salvation. And, um, and so a lot of times I think the wars in these conversations actually happen, like boycott or not boycott, because we're not actually thinking of it from the underlying level. Right. There's a deep. There's a deeper part to it. We look at it on its on its. Um, I don't want to say on its face because that's not right. We look at it on the surface. Yeah. I think of so when we you just went through Romans nine through eleven. What would have been a week ago? Right. Um, we you use the phrase "Don't miss the forest for the trees." Right. That's political discourse right now. Is focusing in on the tree. Yeah. And a forest is is filled with trees. Yeah. And guess what? Next year, we're probably going to be thinking about different trees, and they're going to feel just as big as the one that that, that uh, we're looking at today. Yeah. <clears throat> but when we do that, um, the trees are significant for us to look at. Mm-hmm. But but and I'm a, I'm a, a guilty of this constantly because I'm more of a micro thinker than a macro thinker in in life. Like I'll sit down and I'll hone in on I think um, I'll think about something very very deeply one specific thing and then I like literally I can feel this physically I will look up and go oh I don't understand life because I was just so ingrained and so focused on one small thing so the question really is it, it becomes a I, I like the way you phrase it of like it's a deeper it's it's deeper the surface that we see is talking heads and pundits saying like this is the most important thing in the world right now but a lot of times we don't dig deeper, we don't zoom out to recognize like is that a tree that keeps the forest right together? Is that the is that the the primary focal point of the forest or is it just a tree that's kind of like stuck in the back? And I I want to throw a caveat in there of like there's I believe there's no such thing as a statement or or anything within society that does not have morality attached to it that doesn't have roots underneath it so even Mm -hmm. as we talk about target or we could pick a hundred different things in the news right now there are things that are underneath the surface Mm -hmm. by so if you come to the conclusion of like reject right like i don't whatever so so be it like far be it from me to say you are wrong the question that i would want to ask is like have you gone below the surface like you're saying have you gone back to your confession of faith or is it just you listened to so and so on on Twitter on Fox News or Daily right. Wire whatever like CNN and you've made this decision and it's just you're parroting yeah. their response for me I go all right I don't think that's I don't think that's how Jesus wants us to operate in this discussion yeah that that, that I think that is really the heart because what's common for us the habit that we have is we hear that uh, you know people that we're listening to are boycotting Target. And then we're like, well, who else is saying that? 
Mm-hmm. And our next step is like, who else is saying it? Do we, and then like, and, and instead of actually asking ourselves, like, what do, what do I believe about this? Mm-hmm. Which is always the question Jesus was getting at with his disciples. I know you hear them saying this and them saying that, mm-hmm. but honestly, one of the better applications is for us to like turn off the noise at that moment and stop and just say like in a prayer to God, God, I feel and I'm hearing and I'm seeing this. But I want to know how how would you lead me? Yeah. And if you want me to, you know, so, so so to make it a relational conversation with God instead of a political conversation or something that you're just listening to out. Because I think you want to think critically. And again, we talked about in Romans, you want the mind to be governed by the spirit. You want to do what the spirit is leading you to do. Mm-hmm. Our whole thing is that we're filled with the spirit of God. We're living in the power of the spirit. And as we're living in the power of the Spirit, he's going to always take us back into the Word. He's going to say, live according to my Word, living according to building the kingdom. Um, we, we said over the uh, over the sermon this last weekend, like, um, our culture is going to be filled with moments. It's, it's filled with moments. You actually get exhausted with how many moments there are, like the Target one, the Bud Light one, the, all these other, all, all these other ones. Just turning on the news is getting exhausted on who says this, who disagrees with this, and who's going to fight over it. Yep. That's just the common like malaise of our day. Mm-hmm. But Jesus came to seek and save the lost. So he actually, and then he says that your that my spirit is going to come on you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And the church is always supposed to be pointed in that direction. That's the target that we're always supposed to hit. Discipleship is supposed to go in that way. We're supposed to disciple people toward like seeking and saving the lost, redeeming um, all, all of creation. Total saturation mm-hmm. is, is the way that it's talked about. And if we're not careful as Christians, what we do is we get lost in the moments of culture and we don't stay fixated on the movement of the spirit. And all we're saying, I think, or all I'm saying in, in, in the way that we consider this is our decisions, as, as important or unimportant as this one is, should have its basis all the way back to my original confession of faith. Yep. And, and, and so there's a potential that it could be in a, a number of different things, but it should have its basis in my confession of faith that I have, I'm confessing Jesus as Lord. I'm believing in my heart. He is Lord. And, and that helps me stay in tune with the movement of the spirit and not with the moment of culture. And listen, if that means that you are feeling a conviction from the spirit to stay away from target, then you should stay away. But if it's, if it's something where the, the Holy Spirit hasn't seared you or you're still confused by it, seeking counsel or guidance from another person. But I don't think that we can put either on the on the category of like, well, this is where this gets really dumbed down, where we're like, we look at a person who boycotts it or a person who doesn't boycott it. We're like, now you're a Christian or you're not. Or you're not. Because ultimately what we end up doing as Christians is we like put every company through a statement of faith. And if they don't agree with us or to what extent, there's just tons of questions that come from it there. I think ultimately it's like stay focused on the movement of the spirit, not the moment of culture, and base your decision upon your confession of faith in Jesus. Right. Yeah, I think of like the – 
where is your is your plumb line back to the gospel continually because it's exhausting like i'm not i'm not really on social media you're not on social media and we still get caught up in all of these conversations so i can't imagine what that feeling is where it's almost like you have to take a stand on everything like there's no such thing as a, a a news story that comes out that has morality yeah baked in the cake that you don't feel like you have to make a stand on and the fact that we all have like a reach to some capacity almost feels as though i have a responsibility to make a statement and make a make a stand on something even if it's just with like a family or a friend whatever and then what i picture is like then there's just layers of sediment that grow over and over and over that original confession yeah and so at what point do we stop and say like does this? How does this reflect the gospel for yeah. me? Is this just have I? And this is what I was just saying a second ago. Like, does does this reflect Jesus, or does this reflect something that's like ancillary or like 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 next to Jesus? Because right. this is, I mean, to say it kind of frankly, like that's that is idolatry. Is you start lifting up things that are good that are not Jesus next to him, and you say like, yeah. well, my my economic political theory. Yeah. That I think Jesus would like. Now I'm holding on the same level as as Jesus. My my social perspective of how we should take care of people and what the school what school systems should look like and all those things like those are yeah. those can be good and should be things we look at. But the second that they become on the same ground as Jesus, guess what? That's idolatry. Right. And we're kind of standing in this this text on uh, in in Romans 10 where we're going from yesterday. We we heard a message from you on. <clears throat> on like personal salvation confessing and then this next week we're going to go to the the beautiful are the hands and the feet of those who bring good news like now it's it's been handed to you this this pearl of great price so to speak like the mm-hmm. kingdom of god and guess what now you have the responsibility to go out so we have this uh statement of who is lord okay now we need to put our our lenses on our worldview on look around and go all right so how does jesus see this and then now we go from uh, from I've been adopted to now I'm sent to go yeah. find other orphans to come like to bring back to 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 the Father. Now what am I communicating? Yeah. And it's a constant going back to the, to the kingdom of God to the gospel. Okay, what am I communicating here? If if my boycotting and and we're kicking Target a lot, that you could pick from from any number of yeah. of situations. Like if my boycotting of Target is just another opportunity for me to to level up my like uh holier than thou type of morality and perspective, then like maybe that's that's not a good witness. Yeah. If my walking in and saying like, hey, these these things that Target is is teaching and promoting like that like in an in a relational context specifically, like this degrades God's creation and it breaks my heart and you can communicate that with someone like maybe that's a maybe that is a good thing but really constantly it is a pointing back as as we've been saying to like the gospel to the original confession to the recognition of like we are now here like that is that is part of the the we got to see a couple people baptized yesterday like that is the meaning of baptism it's going under old me dying new me coming up guess what I'm dead it's not for the promotion of self anymore like yeah. I am here to to love God to serve others. Is this to yeah. serve others here? Right. No, I, I think all those things are really uh important factors to consider. It's like going to target or not going to target is not the definitive line of whether you're a Christian or not. 
whether you're a Christian or not, is whether you go back to that statement of faith of like, I believe Jesus is Lord and I, I confess it with my mouth and believe it in my heart that he is Lord, right? And what we're now trying to do is learn to live from that place. Not just like state it, not just believe it, but like actually be so changed by that, that fact that we're no longer, it's like, um, we said this yesterday, like, um, most of us live with our watches, right? Like, and if you, like, if you have an, uh, an Apple watch, you get text messages and phone calls and you look at it for time and it tracks your steps. And like, I mean, you just everything you can do on your phone, you can do on your watch. Um, but we're not supposed to live from our watches. We're supposed to live from a compass. And many of us have lost the art of living with a compass or Jesus is not our compass. You'll see sometimes in culture right now, there will be a cultural conversion, like a conservative to a liberal, a liberal to a conservative, a Democrat to a Republican, Republican, like um, you see these cultural conversions, but deeper and more underlying all of that is the spiritual conversion from death to life. And if we don't have life, if we don't have the Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us, we make we may make a decision that looks like one the Holy Spirit would make, but if the Holy Spirit's not filling us, it is a dead decision. Yeah, it's not one that actually is life giving. And and on top of that, there's just there's just so many elements of like, gee, I think Jesus is always trying to get our attention. Like, guys, you're debating this. Look at me. Mm-hmm. You're debating this look at me you're debating oh like i'm here to build the kingdom of god and sometimes i think he's building the kingdom of god he's going to do it it's it's what he does and we're either going to participate in helping him build the kingdom of god or we're going to be building something else even though it may look like seem like sound like something that he's doing and the the way we make sure that we're building with him is through an, an a personal intimate relationship with him um, not just knowing facts or leaning into agreements or disagreements. Yeah, this the, what you're just saying reminds me of the premise of the book of Galatians. So they've accepted and have begun to walk like the, the gospel. They have The people in Galatia have, have begun following Jesus according to the good news uh, that, he, that he died for them, rose for them. And then this group called the Judaizers comes in and they start trying to pound the law back into the people. And Paul writes like to, about as seething of a letter as you get. Maybe Second Corinthians, like, is one of the one of the most seething like things you see out of Paul. And he starts it, and he he starts his letter by saying, "Who has bewitched you? How foolish are you that, that you have you had this like this great message, the best message, and now you've replaced it with another gospel that is really no gospel at all." And then he goes on to say like. Uh, if you're going to go ahead and, and live in this false gospel, then go the whole way. Like, keep it up. Be consistent with it. Um, and so, <clears throat> what that... And, and he also says, like, weren't you saved by this, like, grace? Now continue to live in this grace. Continue to walk according to what you've been called to. And so when I think of this conversation of, like, all right, we got to boycott something. we got to take, a, take a, a political stand on something that, like, without going back and pointing to Jesus and saying like is this something that you want me specifically to be doing I think of this like trying to play uh, uh, what is the game at the arcade where you just whack-a-mole where it's constant okay like you said okay so we're gonna say no to Target we're gonna say no to Bud Light what we're gonna say no to the entire country of China like we're just gonna keep going and going and going 
and maybe those are things that that can be good and should boycotting maybe should happen stepping aside not participating um in in whatever's being sold but like if that becomes your your gospel without running back to jesus every single time and asking those questions like good luck like that's exhausting and terrible and that is the exact opposite of the freedom that the gospel like yeah like buys for us there's almost like an image that you can see where two people are arguing about boycotting or not boycotting target and jesus walks up this is totally (laughs) whether you say this is healthy or unhealthy you see jesus walk up to the conversation and his focus is um not who wins the conversation or the argument but like how do i win both hearts to me Hmm. and i i think that's so much the 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 piece and the point like it's not like let's figure out the middle road it's 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 there's not a middle road there's a narrow road and it's jesus Hmm. and there's it's always with jesus and so like some people will get frustrated sometimes because it's like even the way that we make stands needs to be thought through the lens of building the kingdom like how we make a stand should be in a way that the kingdom is a draw is a benefit is a blessing Mm -hmm. is a place of peace is a place of grace and discipline and forgiveness and all, all of the above. Like, and and or is, um, it's it's hopeful rather yeah. than just shutting everything down. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like man, that person's life, like, yeah, um, has been so changed. But they're also their purpose has been changed. The Christian, the person who's been saved and whose first confession is that of Jesus being Lord, doesn't just change their ultimate end like that they're going to heaven and eternally existing with god it's it's that they are they their purpose for the rest of their life is now joining jesus in the work of seeking and saving the lost Mm -hmm. and so when you join the meeting with jesus and he's like what are we doing today he's going out to seek and save the lost and he's doing that through our stories and our testimonies articulating the gospel articulating the good news um, to to our neighbors, to our friends, to our family, to our kids, to, and our, to our spouses, that that we're people who constantly bring in that the kingdom of God is here. Yeah. Um. And and we said that we said that yesterday. So if you're like listening to this podcast and you're like you've referenced this the message or whatever, like go back and listen to it YouTube or Facebook or whatever. And um, um, we didn't get into this the the topic of Target during our message. <laughs> Um, but, but the, the point I think in our conversation today is to say like all of those, all of those decisions that we make as consumers, as people who are part of the world and the culture, we should have a basis that's founded in our salvation, our first confession. And we should be people who seek the movement of the spirit and don't get caught up in the moment of culture and, uh, and let the spirit lead. Yeah. And then something that we like to say a lot is you're, you are always making disciples. The question is, what are you making disciples of? Yeah. And a harsher way of asking that question, which I've, I've heard and for some reason connected with me really deeply was, do we really want two of you? Which that yeah. one was like a shot in between the eyes for me. Yeah. Um, well, and, and is, if you're, if you're navigating this conversation with someone um, and they come up and say, Hey, should I boycott target or not? I don't think you have to answer the question and say yes or no, like you should or you shouldn't. 
I think you can walk them through a series of questions like, oh, why are you thinking about boycotting Target? Okay, that's interesting. What will that accomplish? Right. What do you want to accomplish? Um, and who will that affect? And what will that say? And, and all of that. Um, and, and on the back end of this, too, I, I think there's a way that whether we decide to or not, the way in which we treat someone who decides the opposite of us while we're in the kingdom of God, in the church, Christians, like we need to refrain from you're doing it wrong mm -hmm. because the wrong is probably more found in the motivation of their conviction and not just in the, in the outward expression of their decision. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Well, yeah, it'd be the exact same, the exact same thing that you're critiquing someone for. Right. You're doing by looking at the external rather than right. going, all right, what's the heart underneath it? What does yeah. this point to with the gospel? That's this, that's the sweet and really challenging. One of the sweet and really challenging things about the gospel and about the way that God has made us and the way that God operates is that it's very rarely on the surface is what the main point is. Like Jesus yeah. talks about, he's, he's coming after the heart. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Spot, the target dog is still cute. Agree or disagree? I, I can't even picture what the dog looks like. He doesn't look like your dog. Shout out to Bruce. <laughs> 